Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent artists seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower artists. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Chatting with Nat. This is Natalie Dean, this is Natalie Shaw, and today we have the honor of having EDM producer Gladwin Graham. But he's more than that. Gladwin Graham is an EDM producer, mastering engineer, DJ, and multi-instrumentalist. He has been deep in the world of music from a young age. Born and brought up in Dubai and based in Nashville, Tennessee, with Indian heritage, he mixes the various musical cultures that he has been exposed to and can be heard in the music that he creates. He hopes that his listeners relate to the music that he creates and becomes a part of the experience that you would want to be a part of. Let's give him a round of applause. Hi, Gradwin. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm still alive in this uh, this crazy world that we're a part of. It's been a crazy <laughs> three years going on four years because 2023 is basically around the corner. So the question is, is how have you been during this? Let me, how do I put it? George Floyd, elections, polio made, making a comeback, COVID, COVID had some babies, monkeypox, Roe versus Wade, tsunamis, earthquakes, and assassinations, cicadas came back into town because it was 17, 17 years later, um, now more election things going on in the world, RSV is now a thing, the flu, how have you been? <laughs> you know, uh not not too bad i think uh i can say i'm i'm grateful to kind of get out of all those things pretty much unscathed i know a lot of people haven't been able to but uh and some members of my family and my social circle as well but you know at the end of the day all i'm 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 grateful that i'm still here i'm grateful that i Still get to spend time with my family, and uh, throughout these years, I've learned a lot more throughout the 2020 election and the 2022 midterms, and you know, George Floyd protests, Roe v. Wade yes. repealing of that. I've learned a lot. I've I've learned more that I really expected to have been more socially aware and right. active, and that's that's been good for me. I mean, I, I can say one thing for myself is that I learned a, a way more about women's issues because of Roe versus Wade. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know that I wasn't aware of. I'm more educated in, in regards to that. And there's a lot of things that women go through that people just don't understand. Um, so, and yeah, with the politics and all that stuff, yeah, it's made me more more aware about things than, things in this world maybe I want to know and I don't want to know. Um but I know that everything's just turned upside down by so many things. Now, one of the questions I like to ask is this. Um, so, obviously, the pandemic COVID was horrible. 
you know, people died. A lot of people lost family members. People have lost limbs. There's long-term effects of COVID. Say COVID, you know, was well, not really gone. It's not really gone because it's kind of trying to make a comeback. But now it's more like a flu type thing. Um, but the, on the other side of things, there there were pros during the pandemic. Obviously, during a time when you have to be locked up in your home, you have a lot more time, even if you're working from home, for self-reflection. So one of the things that I noticed for myself is that more family members were walking outside together because they had time to do it. Um, I had colleagues that realized that they were working too much and they were not spending time with their family. So they decided to cut back on hours. You know, climate change, my God, when we were not in the streets, the pollution levels went down. Mother Nature and the animals were just like, I hope they're going to come back. You know, we had to come back. There are numerous articles about people quitting their jobs because what they realized is that, okay, basically I can die. I better do something that was more in line with my passion, something that's going to make me happy. Yes, I need to eat. I need food. I need clothing on my back. I need lodging. But I can find something where I'm happy and life is just better. And in regards to artists, there's so many artists that created EPs, albums, singles, tracks, Uh, music videos, whatever. Some decided to rebrand. Some decided not to do music anymore. Um, What did you think about in regards to your music career during this time? Did you decide, okay, I know what I'm doing. There's no need to change anything. Did you think that maybe you might want to change something? What did you think about? So throughout the start of the pandemic, uh, before it started, actually, I was uh, working more as an engineer, uh, a tracking engineer, tracking slash mixing engineer, uh, as a track guy, and working more with people, um, you know, together, work, getting like three or four people in a room, writing a song, and, you know, doing co-writes and whatnot. And once the pandemic hit and we were afraid to, you know, uh, go out, talk to people, you know, just mm-hmm. because we didn't know. We didn't exactly know what COVID was. And I have uh, parents who are a bit on the older scale that I have to, you know, consider when making any decisions. Right. So I decided to move back uh, from the whole being a producer, being a track guy, working in a studio kind of role and, you know, reconsider what what I want to do, what – I'm supposed to be doing with uh, with my career in music as both wow. as an engineer and as an artist. So eventually, you know, it got to a point where I was just uh, trying to survive rather than, uh, you know, trying to thrive. And, you know, that's, that's the case for a lot of us uh, musicians. Right. And I just uh, decided to start, you know, mapping down what I want to do with my songs. I wanted my songs to have more of a thematic element to it, even if they're released as singles and not as albums. I want, I still want people to, you know, get some, um, you know, an idea of a journey going through these uh, songs. So I put them down, put those ideas down, and eventually I released the song 
in April of uh, 2020 uh, called Peachy Skies. And it was, it basically was talking about a more, you know, a relaxed time mm-hmm. when you don't have to worry about what a younger stage in your life. Right. And, um, you know, you don't have to worry about paying the bills. You don't have to worry about anything. Just, uh, you know, the only responsibility that you have is to go to school. You know, that are, you know, you don't have any responsibilities. You don't have a family to take care of and whatnot. So you can just hang out with your friends, go to the beach, and, you know, just enjoy your time. So I released a song, Peachy Skies. And um, that was that was the entire... Uh, plan that came up after the pandemic started where I want to get some sort of thematic element uh, to my songs. Now, uh, Peachy Skies, the plan for Peachy Skies was put in long before the pandemic started, but it was after that was when I wanted to get some sort of links between my songs. So the pandemic, it, it kind of, you know, kind of, I would say absolutely, I wouldn't say destroyed the industry, but it, it tore it down and right. slowly people are building it back up. The live, uh, the live music industry suffered and in turn the, um, the studio, the uh, studio world suffered as well. A lot of people as musicians, uh, if you're, you know, if you get to tour and, you know, get make a right. lot of money from, your mechanical royalty, sure, you don't have to have a day job as such, but a lot of musicians do have to have a day job. And once the pandemic hit, you know, they weren't able to keep up. A lot of them weren't able to keep up their day jobs. You know, they got let go for a load, you know, so right. uh, it was tough. So the revenue, the money wasn't coming in, wasn't getting any new business. I wasn't getting any new clients. And then I also, in my, uh, in, in the engineering side of things, and um, I decided to move on from being a mixing engineer. I wanted to. I I I took a few turns actually. I I looked into being more of a producer okay. uh, for people, just um, taking a backseat role, not having to meet with people, but trying to do that over Zoom and whatnot. I did that for a few people. I was ghostwriting. For a while, I was ghostwriting um, EDM um, songs. I was I did that for a while. Worked with that. Uh, worked with a company, a publishing company. Okay. Did some work for them as a mastering engineer, which is when I shifted completely to being a mastering engineer. I did look at Dolby Atmos mixing for a while. Right. I did consider that as a path, but. With uh, the budget that I had, Dolby Atmos fixing was a little bit out of my element, but right. I've always been a little bit interested in mastering, so I decided to move into the mastering world as such. So in my music life, uh, things things did change, and that's how I took that journey from there to now. Awesome. Now, how did you get into the music business at all? Um. Was it something that you heard, you saw, or did you just come out of the womb and you just, you just knew music was it? <laughs> Pretty much, actually. So my mom 
was in the church choir and it was not just any normal church choir they would uh she was in so this was back in india in her home state uh in our home state of kerala she um was selected church choir for her district uh something like that as far as i can remember so my mom was a pretty good singer um you know she she still Things on occasion. That's how she gets my uh, nephews and nieces to go to sleep. She just has them, bob right. them, and then sing for them to go to sleep. So my mom was pretty much in the thick of uh, music. She used to sing, but part of the church choir. So, and my dad, he used to write songs in uh, my native tongue in the uh, Christian uh, music industry. So my native tongue, the language is called Malayalam. Okay. So my dad used to write songs in that language. So we used to go to the studio almost every single time. We used to uh, go to India for my uh, summer vacation and whatnot. So we just spend like the whole day. Like we'll take two or three days out of a week and mm-hmm. then we'll spend the whole time in the studio. So, I mean, it was pretty much from a young age and I'll just be watching the engineers do their right. job and I was mesmerized I used to be like you know what do all these buttons do what does this thing sliding <laughs> thing do uh, right. you know what does all these uh, turning things uh, do I was like three four five six years old so uh, from a young age my dad taking me to the studio really got me mesmerized with that part of the uh, industry and mm-hmm. I started playing the drums when I was around six I think my brother, my, I have two older brothers. Okay. The uh, one who, yeah, the one who came in second, he uh, he started uh, learning how to play the drums. And I I don't know. I just, I just got the beat of it. I just immediately understood how rhythm works, how, right. you know, what, what sounds are appropriate and how everything works. So, in between one of his um, sessions, one of his uh, uh, learning sessions, I it was a private tutor, so it was at home. So I I, I asked uh, his drum tutor if I can you know just get in and show him some uh, something that I can play, and I played it in front of him, and he was very impressed, and he said that he will teach me for free. Oh wow! Uh, while he's uh, there to teach my brother, yes. Yeah. So I learned the drums. I started playing when I was six. Um, I still, I played very, uh, seriously, very frequently until the age of 10, 19. It's, uh, okay. until, uh, and after that is when I had uh, some issues with my wrists and my arms and where I had okay. to take a little bit of a backseat. And I dove more into the world of uh, the, the studio. So my dad taking me to the studio as a young really, really helped me right. with, uh, you know, understanding what I really love and what I really love doing. And out of the womb, my, I, I'm, I'm betting my mom used to sing songs to me while I was still there. So, you know, music was, has been a part of my life. We used to sing every day, listen to music every day in the car, but we used to go somewhere and just listening to music. All the time in the car. There was never a moment where there was no music playing right. when I was young. So I was just always listening, 
always understanding and uh, my dad used to say that I have the uh, uh, the the mind the rhythm mind in mm. if, uh, uh, if I translate it uh, I have rhythm mind in my head you know just always used to keep you know keep track of the beat you know right and everything so that's how I got into this world of music so basically you're a natural and it's just it's family oriented <laughs> I completely understand that because my father's a singer and I sing so I, I and he used to sing to me all the time and you know I, I get that from him so I, I completely understand it but Unlike you, I never thought that I would be in the music industry because I was very, very shy. Um, now, I'm, now I can do my thing. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly shy as well, incredibly socially anxious. But really, you know, this is it, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I chose to be in the music industry despite <laughs> having uh, crippling well, social anxiety. This is one thing where I need the approval of other people, you know, and I chose to be in this industry. So it's definitely not. <laughs> It's not fun, but I love it. Yeah, but let's talk about that. Because I think music evolves over, well, some people don't believe believe that, I mean, in specific genres, they can't see that music evolves, but it does evolve over time. And mm-hmm. in the music industry, obviously, there are certain reasons we might care what people think. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to change that concept because of the evolution of music right i'm trying to get mm-hmm. people it's like the whole the whole nft thing right so for mm-hmm. me the whole nft thing is kind of trying to say i'm trying to show you that music is an art form i'm trying to get more people mm-hmm. to see music as an art form and the reason that i say that is that you know if you go to an art gallery you don't look at artwork and say well i wish he put a dash of purple or a dash of orange there you're going to look at it and mm-hmm. like it or not like it. Now, when people listen mm-hmm. to music, they're extremely critical. Extremely mm-hmm. critical. Now, they didn't do this. or the chords wrong on this? No, I would have done this. Blah, 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 blah. Why is it that we can't see or hear music as an art form? Because of the fact that music is subjective, whoever's going to like your music is going to like it. Obviously, if you're writing music mm-hmm. for a producer or you're, you're writing music for a commercial or, or, or TV or for TV or film or whatever. They want it a specific way. That's something totally different. But if you're an artist that is creating art through music, why should we care what people think? Because at the end of the day, we need people to buy our music. We need people to come to our shows, and that's how we make money. That's, that's why... Uh, we, we care about, you know, what, uh, people liking our music. You know, even in the art industry, you know, there is um, the uh, going to is like paintings and stuff. There are critics. Mm-hmm. There are people who don't like it. You think about, yeah. you think about, uh, take uh, the food industry, for example. You take a mm-hmm. restaurant. You put in a new restaurant. People, one, okay, food is necessary for a survival but two, you have the choice of where you want to eat or what you want right. to eat. And you come and you go to a new restaurant. If the people don't like it, people are not going to come back. And then eventually right. the restaurant is not going to do well and it closes down. And it's a right. similar thing from music where, you know, you need people to come back and listen to your song. You need people to stream your song. You need people to buy your 
music because we need money to survive. You know, so that is the the reality of this world. So we do need that validation in terms of people buying tickets to our shows or people purchasing our music or people streaming it, choosing to stream it, choosing to pre-save it, choosing to favorite the song, choosing to follow us. You know, that is the validation that we require. And one of the issues is, is that now in this day and age, social media is so important in, um, you know, reaching people uh, with our music. It is a pro and it is a con. Before the age of social media, Unless a label is picking you up, being an independent artist was uh, it, like incredibly difficult. I'm not going to say impossible, but it, it's incredibly difficult. But now through social media, you can be an independent artist. I'm, I've seen people who, you know, who are nothing just blow up and become huge, like almost overnight because of uh, social media and they they play the they play the game well they play the algorithm real well and they're real smart at it uh, i am not that great at social media but i'm i'm still i'm i'm trying trying to learn it trying to understand it but those people that i knew you know 10 years or 5 years ago they would not be positioned that they are right now 5 years ago compared to now so they they receive that validation like they people like their music, people like the stuff that they put out, and that's why other people liking our stuff is so important being in the creative industry that is that is one part of it that you know um, you just so, have to deal with and it's it's true of almost every uh other industry people have to like your work if you want to get hired. Here's here's what I've learned over time in the years mm-hmm. that I've been on Earth. People mm-hmm. take too much credence into what uh, seeking validation from others, because mm-hmm. the bottom line is that the only person you need validation from is you. I believe mm-hmm. I believe in energy. Okay, like I don't mm-hmm. need validation from anybody in regards to my music. I I write the music the way that I want to, so I, I'm all over the place, mm-hmm. believe me. And so I took over the, during the pandemic. I took a I did um, TikTok had this CAC University course, and I learned mm-hmm. a lot about TikTok. And they were saying, and I mm-hmm. already knew this, but they were saying that the videos that do the best, people will get viral because they're being authentic. The authentic videos mm-hmm. are the ones that do the best because when people watch those, they feel like they can relate to that person. When they see the artist, mainstream artists, they're like, oh, okay. They don't say, well, I can achieve that. When they look at regular people doing things, they're just like, oh, my God. This. Or like an artist that sings a song on TikTok and they go viral is because that person is being authentic at that moment. People see that and they say, wow, this person really gets me. I understand their vibe. It's not the same thing that I'm listening on the radio because on the radio, it's the, I mean, the songs are all the same. They're just all the same. And then they did over and over and over and over again. The thing is, I always tell people, 
if you don't love your music first, nobody else is going to love it. Because I think there's a listener for everybody. We don't have to get validated by these people. Obviously, you know, if you're all into, oh, well, I, I need to get these streams and I need to chart and I need to do this and I need, then you're going to care, okay? My purpose in doing music is I want to be an effective player. I want my music to affect people. So I, I do social impact songs. So I, if I make a difference mm-hmm. in one person's life, then I've won, okay? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm trying to get people out of the, the mindset. And I, and I understand, for example, what I've learned about labels. What labels are looking at for, for now, obviously they do 360 uh, distribution de- deals. But what they're looking for is how you relate to your fans, how many fans they have. They do look at, they do look at streams. But they look at all this social media. You don't even have to be able to sing. <laughs> that you don't have to be able to sing anymore. Because I've seen mm-hmm. this girl catch me outside, girl. She she became a rap artist. She was nasty on. She was they videotaped her being so nasty and disrespectful, and then now she's a multimillionaire. It's just yeah, the world works in mysterious ways. But uh, a, don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm 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 not. I'm not saying that we have to make music to get other people to like it. What I say is that you, if you're not authentic to yourself, you're, no one's going to believe you. You have to be sincere in your music. Right. But at the right. end of the day, you know, if if you want to make a living in the mm-hmm. in this industry, people need to like your music. You don't yeah. have to make it yeah. for people to like it. You know, that's just yeah, just people, be yourself. You know, this the song I that I. The song that I made, the it's uh, the recent release uh, I made. It's called uh, "Perfect." Right. You know, if you if you listen to it, it's the song is the title is called "Perfect," but it talks about a pretty much an imperfect relationship. And people, you know, they hear that and they're confused. You know, the the title doesn't uh, you know really which I love. picture and uh, <laughs> so they go through it. And they're like, oh, interesting. But it is it is what I what I felt what at the time when you know right. thinking about what the theme is gonna be for the song you know I I wanted to I want the title to be a misdirect you know right. people don't like misdirect you know they just like oh man too many misdirects <laughs> but I was like you know I I don't really care you know I I, I want that. the song to the title to be a misdirect. But That's at right. the end of the day, you know, if you want to make a living in this industry, people have to, you know, like your songs. But if you're not being sincere about it, I doubt people will like it anyways. Unless you're right. backed by a label, then, you know, right. you can just, uh, it's it's a completely different story because the label has the power to, you know, get you their, their marketing and all that stuff is so much better than uh, most independent artists. So... Uh, as an independent artist, my biggest advice to anybody, I, I'm not in any position to give any advice to anybody, yes. but if it, it was someone who's just starting out, I would say just be sincere That's to right. the music that you make. Right. You know, you, validation is necessary to, you know, if you want to make a living, but don't focus on that, just, you know, be right. sincere with your music. That, that- yeah, and I think that if you are sincere and authentic, 
then you will get the right validation, so to speak. People will like your music because people, you know, after the past three years, what I've learned about the music industry is that after everything that everybody's been through, they are looking for hope. They are looking for authenticity. They're looking for people that are sincere in their music. They want something that they can gravitate to and say, oh, my gosh, anytime I'm feeling a certain way, I can go to Gladwin and listen to his music. Basically, that's what people want. Yeah. Um, yeah. During the, during the pandemic, I think a lot of people got introduced to way more independent artists than they thought they would ever. Because I knew I gained a lot more fans uh, during the pandemic because they had time to listen, you know. Because mm-hmm. well, I'm not on the radio, so um, you know I'm on independent radio stations and stuff like that. So it gave them time for that. Now you just mentioned the song "Perfect." Now, that was a good segue. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play that right now. Swear I felt the pay shift when you looked at me that way. My heart raced and wish I knew there'd be a price to pay The skies, they clouded, my days were clearing Saw the light in your eyes, so I gave in Could you even blame me for giving you a chance? Now I see the truth, I wish I knew It was all the rules, the bed of roses you made would cut me in Look what you put me through Oh, you couldn't mend my broken heart I'll shut every door Put up my walls Oh, you were all I ever needed You were perfect for me Change my life Should have seen the red And all the black And white The skies that cleared up And I'll give in then The light in your eyes is all the fading Wish I never gave you A second glance Now I see the truth I wish I knew It was all the rules The bed of roses you Cut me in two Look what you put me through Oh, you could have met my broken heart I'll shut every door Put up my Shut every door, put up my wall. Oh, you were all 
I love that. Now, who's singing on that? So the singer on this song is uh, a guy I know from high school. Uh, actually, so he is. Uh, he's. I think he studied. Uh, he was. He studied with my brother in high school, or he was a junior of my brother. But anyway, I met him when I was in high school. I. Uh, uh, he used to. I think he used to. Uh, uh, make music. He used to sing a lot back in the mm-hmm. day. This was before he started a career as an as a musician, as an artist. Uh, but he used to sing a lot and you know, just uh, in general be around the music industry. And if I remember correctly, uh, he after after he finished college, he went to uh, Berkeley College of Music here in. Uh, Awesome. Um, to study songwriting, and once he was done with that, he moved to LA. So I've known him for quite a while now. It's probably been around uh, six plus years. So I think in 2020 or 2021, sometime around that time, he he told me that he wanted to uh, uh, work with me on an EDM mm-hmm. song. I was like, sure. Let's let's go for it. So you know, I just I just went through my songs that I had, you know, and I sent him one, and it was it was a different song. It was not perfect. Um, it was a completely different song, and we worked on it. We wrote it. Then we put it on the back burner for a while, and then I texted him saying, uh, "Listen, I I need a male singer for this song, for this demo that I have. I want to release it. I really like this song." I want a male voice on this. Uh, do you have anybody in mind? And he was like, "Why not? Why not me? Why do, Why don't you give me a go?" I was like, "Yeah, we already are working on the other song. You know, which, uh, if you're okay with it, we can work on two songs. But we already have that one song. Don't want to put too much on your plate." Right. And it was part of a thematic connection. So having uh, two uh, of the same singers as as producer, you know, you always want to have as media producer, you always want to have different vocalists on every single track, just trying to get that perfect voice on every song. <laughs> uh, so we we talked about it, and he was like, "Let's uh, let's uh, send send the demo to me. I'll listen to it. I'll see uh, what you can do." And I sent it to him. He loved it. Then we did some rewrites for the song. And right. we worked on it a little bit more. And we actually planned on releasing a completely different version. I wouldn't say a completely different version, but a mm-hmm. different version, uh, a bit slowed down, a bit more, uh, I would say, chill version of this okay. song uh, back in September of 2021. But then uh, I personally, from my side, mm-hmm. I got cold feet. I was like, let's not release this. Let's uh, strip it down. And he was like, let's get a uh, new production on. Let's talk to uh, some other people. Let's uh, you know get someone to help us uh, do some more. Maybe spice up the production a little bit. So right. my friend and uh, uh, the singer on the song, his name is Prithvi Prajosh. He uh, 
you know, knew this guy called Harris. Going mm-hmm. Max Harris, his his uh, producer tag and his artist name is Harris. It's uh, H four. Uh, the A is surprised by four. H four R R I S Harris. So right. he um, um told us that you know he can work on the song. He loves it. Descending the stems. And we sent him the stands, we sent him the vocals and everything, and he sped up the track, he did some work on it, put his own touch, and then we were talking about it on a while, he sent it back to me, I did some stuff, I did put some uh, work on it, I sent, I gave him an idea for how the drop should sound like, how it could potentially sound like, and then uh, I sent it back, and then he brought on his friend called Aaron Shirk to work on this. So now Aaron Shirk is uh, he's uh, a pretty interesting, pretty good up-and-coming producer. He has done a remix for Nurko. He uh, was an opener for Set the Sky. Uh, I don't know where, I don't remember where exactly. And he's also going to be opening a show for Halion. So he's, he's doing pretty mm-hmm. well as an artist. So he brought on Aaron Shirk as well. And then I was sent this uh, sort of like a 75, 80, even say 75, 80, probably 85% version, uh, almost there, almost finished version of the song to me. And I was blown away by it. And then I took the song, put my final touches on it, uh, got the arrangement done just right, you know, just how I wanted to uh, it to be. And uh, we decided to release it. And, uh, Harris was the one who mixed the song. I mastered the song, so uh, that's how the song came to be. So Prithvi is the one who uh, sang it, and he um, he's a pretty good vocalist. He writes good songs as well. He has his own uh, artist project. You can find yeah. him uh, on Spotify, on everywhere where you listen to your music. Prithvi Prajosh, that's his mm-hmm. name. I wrote this song with my friend who I used to work on a lot of music with. We used to be in school band together. We played a lot right. of shows together. Her name is Ananya. Ananya, uh, and she has her own artist project as well. She Instagram as well. So she does some pretty, pretty good work. And I absolutely uh, love Ananya. Ananya has a, has a great why she she is good at uh, writing songs. She went to school uh, to be an audio engineer as well. This is in uh, in Dubai now. I believe I'm not sure, but I believe she is uh, working as an audio engineer or something. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly, but I will have to confirm with her what she is doing right now. But mm-hmm. yes, uh, Ananya is amazing. Everybody who uh, uh, I've worked on this song with uh, is absolutely fantastic. So Ananya's yeah. Instagram, if you guys are interested in checking her out, it is A-N-A-N-Y-A underscore A-M-I-R-I-T-E. So Ananya underscore am I right? So that's her uh, Instagram tag. Prithvi is uh, Prithvi Prajosh, P-R-I-T-H-V-I-P-R-A-J-O-S-H. So those are the two uh, guys who were there from with 
start of the song and Harris uh, and Aaron Shirk were the two guys who were pretty much helped us get to the almost get to the finishing point just get that ankle leg of the 400 really going so yeah, yeah those are the guys who I worked with and I actually loved it it's a great song you know I I feel that it would go, do well in, in the sync licensing world I could hear it in a mm-hmm. Film, video, commercial, or something, uh, a mm-hmm. documentary, TV series. Now, I have one last question for you. What are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Three things I wish I had known before getting into the music industry. That's an, that's an interesting question, actually. Uh, because I, I, I honestly haven't thought much about it, but I will... Uh, think about it and uh, let's see now time management time management is very important uh, if you're collaborating with people you're working with other people you have to respect that time. Some, sometimes you know things happen you know there, there are lots of external factors that you can't control like you know your job your money uh, health is an important thing, so you can't control a lot of that. Uh, but time management is key. Understanding how much time you can expend uh, working, you know, how much time you want to expend working. So you might want to put in like 10 hours, but your body might and your brain might only be able to uh, get in, say, six hours. Uh, so that uh, time management. I wish, uh, you know, I I was better at uh, managing my time, and I learned that. But I am getting better. We're all learning. Mm-hmm. We're all, uh, you know, understanding how to, you know, as we gain experience in the world, we learn more. That's experience is the best uh, teacher. Uh, second thing is take care of your health because, um a lot of times you're you're tired, you're creatively, your brain is tired, you're just creatively racking yourself and doing a lot of work. You're writing, you're you're using a mouse all the time, you're using your fingers to play the instruments, you know, your wrists to play you know, drums and you know, like your hands, uh, you're holding your stick, you're using your grip strength to play the keys, everything. You're using your hands, you're using a body to uh you know uh, to do your work and your brain as well. Exercising is extremely, extremely important. Strengthening the muscles that you need, you know, getting your forearms, getting your grip strength, getting your getting your triceps to big spot, you know, getting all those uh, and muscles and good working on it, being strong with it is extremely important. Now, I was a I was a track athlete back in uh, high school, so I had that discipline. Um, went from starting from when I was young to, you know, take care of my health, take care of my uh, physical fitness. Uh, so when I got here, I I wasn't able to go to the gym for a while when I went to school, and when I was working, I was just very tired. But it's all part of time management. Just Get, find the time to, you know, be able to work hard or 
go play some recreational sports or something. I play soccer now twice a day, but usually uh, twice a week. But uh, now once a week, I have a group of uh, people that I love uh, playing soccer with, a bunch of guys who played in college and whatnot. So being able to play with them, is it, it, it relaxes me a little bit, takes my mind off of music and, you know, keeps my brain active at the same time in a completely different so exercising is uh, very important. So I wish I knew how important exercising and keeping your health uh, um, was before, you know, I had to you know, get back into the, um, the world of, uh, you know, lifting and exercising. Third thing, third thing that, you know, I would say is uh, being humble, while at the same time being massively confident in uh, your ability, uh, while at the same time being humble. One, you need, uh, I wouldn't say you need a psychopathic tendency to learn, but you need to be very aggressive learning as much as you can, learning from people, while at the same time being respectful of them, you know, being respectful of their time and all that stuff. Learn as much as you can. Just keep learning. Keep reading. Keep listening. Keep watching people work. Keep hearing uh, from people, talking to them, you know. That is so important. Just learn, learn, learn. Keep learning. Because if, uh, going back to my point about being confident, if, if you don't believe that you're the best at what you do, you won't even be near the 10,000th best at, you know, what you do. Like, you take LeBron James, for example, in the world of basketball. For years, he was the best basketball player playing. And part of it, a big part of it was his skill, was his ability. But he also had that belief that he was the best. Even Michael Jordan, he believed, he knew he was the best. He knew he could make any shot whenever he wanted. So if you don't believe that you are the best at something, you won't even be near anywhere uh, anywhere near the top 90% even. But at the same time, you need to know that uh, you know you are you know nothing. You know nothing about what you do. By, and by that I mean you need to learn. You need to keep learning. You can you can learn from a person who just started working in the industry because they have a completely different, different experience. So, and you can learn from anybody and everybody. I hear a lot of people, you know, saying that, oh, I don't like bro country or, you know, I don't like, say, there's a band that, uh, that I won't uh, name specifically, a, a, a duo a music, a duo, an artist duo singer you that they they have the names uh, in their uh, their name they a uh, lot of people are not fans of their music but I'm, but I what I think is that you can learn from their music they they harmonize pretty well you can learn from that you know you might not like it but you can still learn it and if you don't like it understand why you don't like it and learn from that and you know understand what, what makes the song what makes the song more appealing 
to you and you know and use that utilize that into your music uh, or whatever whatever you do understand what you don't like understand what you do like so being confident while at the same time being humble the being humble will get you to a lot of places nobody wants to work with a brash arrogant you know i i i I really don't want to swear because uh, I, I, my mom's probably listening, but don't be a terrible person to work with, you know. Be a nice person. Be a humble person. You want people to come back to work with you. You want people to be comfortable with you. You want the vibe, the room to be comfortable wherever you're working, you know. People don't want to work with people they don't like. That's how toxic uh, rooms, toxic uh, culture starts. Even even when playing professional sports, you hear of toxic locker rooms and stuff. It's because, you know, someone someone's being an issue. Someone's being a problem. So uh, I face that a lot. You know, you know, there have been different causes for the problem. And I've, I've, always, I've learned that, you know, I, I don't want to work with that person because that guy is just always bragging. That girl is just always bragging. That person is just always, they're always bragging. They're not humble. They come in, they say, oh, I have eight years of experience doing this. I'm I'm great at this and all that stuff. And uh, I remember one of the funniest memories that I had uh, when I was still in high school, we had, there was a Battle of the Bands competition. And I always got the awards for, you know, best musician and best drummer and whatnot. I was the uh, drummer for my school. And part of it was that I always believed that I was I was the best. But I always try to learn. I always try to learn more instruments as well at the same time while being in the band. I go to my friends, talk to them, you know, understand stuff, you know, learn from them playing their instruments and, you know, understanding what works and understanding how they like to play. But at the same time, uh, being a leader, you know, getting things on track, getting everything going, keeping people on track, you know, it. Uh, I was uh, appointed sometimes to do that. And then one day after a battle of the band competition, this drummer that I honestly had never seen, drum before in my entire life uh he came up to me he was like you know what you're you're actually you're actually better than me and I was like you know I I thank you you know that it came out of the blue because this was when I was like way younger probably like five years ago I wasn't I I didn't have you know I did I was pretty arrogant I I did believe that I was uh, the best at the same time. So that took me back a little bit. That that felt a little bit insulting because I was like, what? The, that guy said that he was better than me. Like, huh? Like, uh, but at the same time, you know, I felt that you know, it's it's still, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning. I might have gotten better, you know, when he believed that he was better than me. I might have gotten better. But it was an interesting thing to think about uh that at the mm. time so from that, that that conversation that i had with the with the guy you know i and you know i felt like okay i believe that i was the best but 
as, as soon as I walk out of this room and walk, go into another room, I might not be the best, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is, that is one thing that I learned. And I wish I knew this, this thing, this uh, mm-hmm. believe that you're the best while knowing that you're not uh, is something that I learned after getting the music initially that I wish I did because the shock that I, you know, kind of encountered when I went out into the world and realized, you know, I'm nowhere near as good as I thought I was. I and I was young, so you know, tell an 18-year-old kid uh, who was, you know, people have been telling them, uh, telling that you're great, you're awesome, you're you're pretty good at what you do, and then you go out and there are like 50,000 other people who can do what you do best, better than you. Uh, it it kind of takes you, you know, a few seconds to process that. So. Uh, anybody uh, for anybody listening out there if, if you're starting out in music being humble is so important it, it's extremely important to you know start out and understand that you know you need that confidence to you know be better and uh, you know do better at what you do a person who's not confident at what they do, they they aren't going to do a good job because they'll get nervous, they'll get anxious, they'll make, make mistakes. That's how you make mistakes. You get anxious, you get nervous, and, you know, you don't believe in yourself. But believe in yourself, but at the same time know that you still have a lot to learn. Even even the most knowledgeable person on this world still has more to learn. And that's, like, this world is insane. There's so much, so much to learn there's so many things that are undiscovered on the earth man you know outside the earth you know we uh like there was an image that was uh released by nasa from the <laughs> telescope that I the name is not clicking in my head and people are like wow there's so much we don't know and there's so much we don't know and there is no need for us to be arrogant about what we do know because there's somebody who knows what you do know and knows a lot more than you know and knows a lot about what you don't know. So those are the three things that I would say are very important that I wish I knew before I entered the music industry. How important time management is, how important exercise is for you. It's very important for you know for your body and your mental health your physical health and your mental health whenever i'm exercising i come back home man i'm so happy i'm so you know i'm exhausted i'm tired i'm fatigued but i'm so happy to feel good about myself i feel good about the results that are showing up and third is belief in yourself believe that you're the best but at the same time know that you're nowhere you're the best and just keep learning so that's it well thank you Gladwin, uh, thank you for being on Chatting with Nat. Um, it was my honor to have you on the show. Uh, maybe one, one time we can do the, um, Instagram live, but thanks again. I really appreciate it. We learned a lot, and your song is great, and I hope it does very well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for your time. All right. Uh, All right, everybody. If you want to know more about Gladwin, you got to go to www.gladwin.com njg.com he's also on instagram you can find him on facebook do that
that. If you can't remember that, get on the Google. All you got to do is Google. I'm getting a Google Me shirt because I can't remember how many things I'm on anymore. All right, everybody. Until next time, you heard it from Gladwin. Stay humble. Work out. Have a good sense of mind. Okay? Until next time on Chatting with Nam. Nat is a podcast for independent artists seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower artists. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.